Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, you are looking very cleanly shaven here today, sir. How are you? Actually, no. I was feeling my sideburns because they are not shaved, actually. It looks like you've got a Zoom camera's doing me a lot of justice right now. I must say that. I look way better on Zoom than I do in person. So, um, yeah, doing good. Nice to be back with LJ. He's all moved into school. We're about to hit this final stretch of the MLB season where there's just stories upon stories with these division races as teams just don't want to win they 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 don't want to lock up they they don't want to lock up what looked like was locked up uh a couple of weeks ago cough cough yankees and mets um but guardians cough cough guardians um but we're gonna go through the power rankings um we are uh, we don't have that much of a time crunch. Let's be real. Fifty minutes till LJS a fantasy draft. We should be fine. We also did our fantasy draft last night. LJ and I's. I guess we can call it our league of record. Um, it's our. It's the league I take the most serious. I, I'm pretty sure LJ as well. Um, well, let me let me just put it this way. My t- my team name in that league is the Saratoga football team. My other two leagues. The name is Saratoga Football League Team 
or Saratoga football team two and Saratoga football team three. Gotcha. These are my junior clubs. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, no, draft went well. Year seven of our league. I've been doing it since I was a freshman in high school. LJ joined as a sophomore. Um, awesome that we can keep doing it. But and shout out to ESPN real quick for giving Odell Beckham the questionable status rather than the out when we all know that he's physically not capable of playing coming off of an ACL. Nice. And Made my life a million times harder. Looks like Bo Bichette just went yard again after hitting three home runs yesterday. So just got the alert on my phone. It's incredible. He's on a crazy stretch right now. But we have week 19, or at least the 19th edition of our power rankings this year. Let me say my top 10, LJ, lots of movement. A lot of teams moving somewhere. Um the bottom 10 pretty much remains the exact same. Actually, my 18 through 20 is the exact same teams as last week. So, LJ, I'll let you run through as many as you want here. But unless you have anything real specific you want to talk about with some of these bottom teams, you can just run through them. Um, I'm going to run through the holy crap, this is bad section, which I think is now expanded from five to ten. I was gonna say eight, but like ten's okay. Ten's fine, also. Yeah, I just there's very little redeeming value in this group. Starting at thirty, the Nationals, A's at twenty nine, the Tigers at twenty eight, the Pirates at twenty seven, the Reds again. The Reds are giving you hope here. You know this has been a good stretch over the last month. We can certainly talk about that after I finish going through. They're probably one of the bright spots of this group. Rockies at twenty five, Cubs at twenty four. The other bright spot of this section, the Royals, who at least, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit when we get to the Red Sox, but selling the fan base on the future is what this point in the season is about for the teams that are out of it. Once you're out of it, you start selling your fan base on the future of the team. You start selling them on the 2023 team. And the Royals started that about a month ago, and it is very, very much I think paying off where they're really letting these young guys shine and it's doing wonders for their record. I've got them at 23 Marlins at 22, the Rangers at 21 and the angels at 20. 30 through 20 for me, nationals, A's and pirates remain the same. And this is my bottom three move the Royals up a spot and drop the tigers to 27. Reds stay idle at 25. I dropped the Marlins three spots um, to 21. I just, LJ, I don't, uh, I don't know what's gotten into the Marlins, but they have gotten like significantly worse um, over the last month, it seems. And for a team that has what I want to say, a lot of talent on it, it's, it's been bad. I mean, they just got, they got swept by Atlanta. They lost two to Tampa, three out of four to the Dodgers before that. They're currently heading into tonight on a seven-game losing streak. I just – I had to drop them three spots. I mean, are do I really think the Rockies and Cubs are better? I don't know. But with the way the Marlins have been playing as of late, I really had no choice but to drop them from 21 to 24. Rockies move from 24 to 23. Cubs stay at 22. 
Angels jump up two spots from 23 to 21. And the Rangers stay at 20. Yeah, let's dive into this Marlins team because what's really going on here is very simple. They've just, they're checked out, which this negative, much of a negative effect on a season from a team that we think is decent once they've checked out is really shocking. It's not good for like the organization in general just to to have this major checkout in the middle of August. I mean, it, I mean it, that happens to a lot of teams, but I've never seen it this much with a group that's relatively, you know, as much as they probably shouldn't be. This is a veteran group to an extent. They have a like a good starting rotation, I want to say. Like I can find admirable things about all five of their starters right now. I really, really like this rotation, and that's without talking about anyone that's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Any or any of the prospects, even. Yeah. So I'm certainly not – I'm not putting any of it on them. Generally, if you're still a top-10 pitching staff, no matter what you've been doing, I'm not going to really give you much flack on that. What I'm going to give flack to is this offense that we knew was bad has gotten worse the defense and the general baseball play, the quality of play has gotten worse from the position player standpoint. And, you know, it's going to drop a little bit. We've seen it with lots of teams. I've certainly seen it with the Red Sox since they've kind of completely fallen out of contention. You, There's only so much energy left in that clubhouse at that point. And you can only do so much with that. But their their quality of play, Brandon, you've certainly seen it, hasn't fallen off that much. Like there, there are, there are days where it gets bad. There are moments where it gets bad, but generally across the board, they're a very watchable team and they're a very competent, respectable baseball team. Meanwhile, you have a team that I'm pretty sure the average age position player wise is older on the Marlins than it is on the Red Sox. You're one, two, three, four, five, you have six guys over the age of 30 on this group. One, two, three, four, five guys who are over four years of service time in this group, and you're falling apart this much. That's that can't that can't happen. You know what I mean? Like you have clearly have the veteran presence. If this was a bunch of you know, kids out there, if this was the Orioles even, where it's a much younger core, I would understand the fall off because they're not used to playing the full season. Like they haven't gone through the whole major league grind, all the highs and lows nearly as much as these guys have. But you've been through so many minor league seasons, major league seasons. By the time you're 30, by the time you've been through the whole thing four times, you've got to be better than this. Their last win was when Alcantara threw a complete game against the Dodgers and won two to one, where he he pitched an absolute gem. The only run I think was a Mookie Betts home run. Um, and you know, LJ, a move that I, I just still don't really get why the Marlins did. They DFA'd Jesus Aguilar, and now he's on the Orioles. I mean, was yeah, he's been bad this year, absolutely. But he was that bad—a guy that's been on your team for like, I mean, 
a few years to all of 2020, all of 2021, pretty much all of this year. He's more of a veteran guy. One of, you know, has actually been around the block and has had good hitting seasons multiple times before. And they're just kind of willing to let this guy go. Yeah, sure. It's an older position player. And yeah, you're paying him seven and a half million, but he's a free agent after this year. So right there. That's it. But LJ, you you can't wait two more months. You're not not doing anything. But why? You're not doing anything. He's not going to resign. That's Uh, the whole point. If he's not going to resign and more so you don't want to re-sign him with the way things have gone this year, then well, not, for me. while you're not while you're not competing, what's the point of having him there when you can get a 25-year-old Lewin Diaz and a 24-year-old uh, Gerard Encarnacion? Oh, you get great them, placements right there. Either way, you know what I mean? These are these are two guys with less than a year of service time going into the year. Yeah. You can get, I mean, for Pete's sake, Encarnacion only has 49 plate appearances. That He probably came up when, if I'm correct, he came up sometime around when Aguilar. Yeah, must have been. DFA'd. I'd rather have those two playing and getting experience and getting people excited that maybe we have something that's going to develop there than I do trotting out an underperforming veteran we do not see even one year into this team's future, let alone five. No, that's a great point. Um, I, you know, but it had me thinking when, when you were talking about the older position players, you know, LJ, it would have been nice if the Marlins could have made a trade for a young middle infielder (laughs) potentially. Um, But then they just uh, backed out at the last minute. You know, I don't want to say it blew up in their face, but you, Quite possibly have. They didn't the back out of that, did they? That it was it was Kim Ng who backed out at three fifty nine fifty nine of the Glaber Torres for Pablo Lopez deal, with of course a bunch of others involved. But it was the Marlins who backed out. I'll say all right. To be fair, if Oswald Praza isn't in there, I don't really think I'm that gung ho on that trade either. Not that I'm gung ho, but when you just look at like you said, all these guys over 30, not really, I mean, out of this group, who do you even, who who do you see in the future? I, you have Avi Garcia signed through 2025. You have Soler signed through 2024. Alcantara's locked up. Miggy Rojas through next year. All these other old guys are still eligible for like arbitration. I just it's way too old of a of a lineup for for a team that's that's built like this. And you know, you had a chance. And LJ, it didn't have to be the Glaber Torres trade. I'm sure Pablo Lopez was being shopped around for other players. Clearly, Glaber Torres was their best offer that they got. If that was what they, if if that's what everyone was talking about, because we would have heard about a better offer, I feel, or they would have taken it. I I just I question how much they were genuinely shopping Pablo Lopez, rather than people were have so many people were inquiring about him that they kind of had to at least go into the negotiations. Yeah. If you have this type of depth, we've seen what this depth gets you, but it doesn't get you. 
this type of depth gets you from playoff team or fringe playoff team to World Series contender when you're able to offload pitching depth like this. Not only have, have they not gotten to a point where that pitching depth is fully is fully realized because, you know, you still do. This is still Edward Cabrera's first season. This still should have been Max Meyer and Braxton Garrett's first year. But all that, you know, that doesn't end up happening. So this is a lot of unrealized talent, I still think, in this rotation. If I'm Miami, I'm not 100% ready unless I'm getting the clear, like, no-brainer, this is going to set up our lineup for the next five years deal. I'm not so keen on moving on from Pablo Lopez just yet, especially when you look at his, you know, you're going to have at least two more years of him. If you think you can get to the point where you've got a decent lineup, which any team can change, any any team over two-year stretch can change enough. And I certainly think this one, where you really only have one side of the game, that you really significantly need to improve. They could get into a situation where they're a true playoff contender two years down the road. And if you're two years down the road, Pablo Lopez is coming up for contract, you re-sign him. So, you know, I just don't think this was necessarily a move that they had to make. For me, again, I don't think that they're putting themselves in the best position if you get anyone close to just a Glaber Torres. I think it, 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 it like clearly was going to be more than that, though. I mean, I, I think you need you know, you needed two like plus plus trade chips. Like, again, I'm I keep pointing back to the uh Lopez and Rojas for Peraza and Torres deal. I mean, dude, that'd be great because Oswald Peraza doesn't play anyways. I mean, he just sit, he's just riding pine for the, and for us in the majors. So, and okay. it, just just like looking though, if Glaber was inserted on this team, including the pitching staff, he would be the fourth best player by WAR this year. That's including everybody, include like this great pitching staff. He would still be the fourth best player. Yes, but. I don't know. I just think, you know, between oh, I know. I, all the I, DFAs, if you play the game right, you can get to a situation where you've got you do have players performing better than Glaber Torres on this team within two yeah, years' time. Absolutely. And if, you, and if you get to that point and you don't have Pablo Lopez, you're kind of gonna feel silly. But you're right. Again, honestly, that goes back to, you know, kind of not not I'm not trying to take any digs at the Yankees today. It's not really Oh, I'm going to be digging in the Yankees hard. It's not, so it's I'm, not 100% I'm, worth it, in my opinion. But if you're going to waste Oswald Peraza's service time here in September, not giving him a fair shake, then, you know, if he's clearly not part of your immediate plans, he's probably not going to end up being part of your later on plans, especially when you have Anthony Volpe that's probably going to end up you know, because it's the Yankees will be up late 2024, but I could see a world where he would be capable of coming up in 2023. He's there. There's clearly not going to end up being a fit for Oswald Peraza here. Why are you so gung ho to hold on to him when you could have gotten your number two? The world will never know. LJ, I'm going to run through 19 through 15. Diamondbacks stay the same at 19. Giants stay the same at 18. 
for like the third week in a row, I flipped the White Sox and the Red Sox. These are just, it's just the definition of mid. Um, White Sox 16, Red Sox 17. And I got the Twins staying the same at 15. Reason I did a, only a few teams, LJ, Red Sox fans are, you know, you don't even need to talk about how they've been playing lately. Screw how they're actually playing. You just called up one of your top prospects, a guy that we've been hearing you talk about since literally that first preview we did before the 2021 season about the Red Sox. Tristan Cassius, who is a pretty consensus top 20 prospect in the league, if not top 15. Um, corner infielder. LJ, what can we expect out of this guy? And I'm sure you are extremely happy to, to have him up. Joey Votto with more pop. There. I mean, he's got a 60 raw power grade, 50 hit grade, 50 game power. This dude could be from, I mean, look, fielding, you know, you can develop a little bit. But when I'm looking at a 6'4", 250-pound first baseman, I'm expecting for some pop. And this guy also, keep in mind, Brandon, I could be wrong on this, but I have a very strong feeling that he was drafted. He is another one of these guys that was drafted as a first base, a third baseman. Mm, yeah. But he was the first to, he was the earliest to move over. So defensively, which is, which is he, good. Is, he is the best option at the position. And it's a position that you're not expecting that much out of defensively in the first place. You know, you're expecting lost defensive value at first base. It feels like you're willing to take that for everything else this guy can give you like it or not this this is a guy who has had lofty expectations and has continued to push through them really since he got not not necessarily since he got drafted but i'd say again since the pandemic he has been looked at time and time again as a guy who should be at one of the building blocks for the future of the Red Sox. You know, you look to Rafi Devers, you look to, I'm not even going to say his name in the Bogarts, but you look to, honestly, he's probably the next guy you look at is it's Devers, Cassius, and Meyer is largely what the talk has been for the last couple of years. And Meyer, of course, just this last year, but Tristan Cassius, there's a reason, that's the reason that everyone's talking about him is because he has such tremendous offensive skill set and has been going at such a high level and you know it's here's a conflict i'd actually like to hear your opinion on because you know it's certainly great to see him get up and get the experience and long term for the organization it's better for him to be here and get the time they of course brought him along plenty slow enough you know i, I again Brandon, you're rightfully frustrated with how the Yankees have done things in the past, but in this situation where, you know, one of these five teams had to be the major loser here, and we clearly were that since July, I was fine with them not rushing him and trying to put him in a bad position. I'm glad with the slow road here, but I've heard of a number of people who have said they're kind of disappointed that he came up here because of the way that... um the TV market is working around here. The majority of people 
or at least majority of cable packages have both Nesson and Nesson Plus. Every Woo Sox game gets televised on Nesson Plus. Mm, they are okay. a very, they're a very much contending team for the title in AAA, and I think a lot of people have been more interested in that team than the Red Sox over the last couple months. So, so they're mad. <laughs> God. They're not oh. mad, but there's some people that have been kind of disappointed because this was also a home stretch that was starting for Worcester. So I had heard that complaint. I'm not going to say it was a majority, but it's certainly a minority. But I think it's an interesting point for people to look at is, you know, what's going to sell more hype? What's gonna, and also what's going to sell more tickets? You know, are you better off? I'll ask you, are you better off having your guy and heavily promoting him, like maybe even putting in more, like decreasing your promotion of the major league team to hype up maybe your AAA team if they're competing for something at the end of the year and they have a couple of these guys? Because that almost seems like, it almost seems like it would make you more money. You know, you're if you're the Boston Red Sox, you're going to sell out Fenway whether you have him or not. This is more about season tickets for next year. If you can say, here's this guy who's going to be up next year, take a look at him in this championship contending team in AAA, that's going to not only increase your ratings on TV for your secondary product, but it's also going to guarantee sellouts. I'm, I, I think that's an interesting angle to take with all of this. Obviously, I would like, I like him being up. I'm happy he's up. It's the only logical choice. But I think this is something that needs to be explored. Um, I mean, it's very exciting for the Red Sox, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's Bobby Dahlbeck, this this guy. I, I mean, it's it's about time that that this experiment's over. I mean, this. LJ watches way more Red Sox games than I do, but some of the plate appearances I watch, it's just non-competitive. And you look at his like ratio stats, which I love to look at when you see whether a guy got really good or really bad compared to last year. So he's homering 2% less of the time, but he's still above league average for home runs. Okay. Okay. However, his strikeouts went down up 1.2%. So he's making contact more and he's walking 2% more of the time. So I'm like, all right, so he might be hitting less home runs, but he's not striking out as much. He's walking more. Those are generally two very good things. I go to the exit velocity and the hard hit percentage. And I look at that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. 
Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. His average exit velocity is almost two and a half miles an hour lower than it was last year. His hard hit percentage is almost 3% lower than it was last year. He's just not making good contact with the ball. And, you know, who knows what that is. But it's, you got to give Cassius a chance because Dahlbeck has just been such a liability this year, especially on defense. I mean, some of these, defensive stats for him are are really bad and you know it's it's tough because he's a guy that I know a lot of Red Sox fans wanted to see be super good but I mean LJ I don't know about you but I I think the experiment is kind of coming to an end here um yes I would say so as well and there's a couple reasons for that first off you know the play vision has never been his strong suit. I mean, you watch it. You talk about non-competitive performances. It, the amount of stuff that just – the amount of pitches out of the zone that this guy goes for compared to the major league hitter, um, or at least in years past, especially in years past, has been ridiculous. And, you know, when you aren't the bona fide superstar, this guy was definitely could have been a really good player. But when you're not the bona fide superstar, when you're not going to clobber the ball every single time you do see it right, you can't get away with those deficiencies early on in a career. Like, this isn't like Rafi Devers not having great plate vision and plate awareness, you know, two years ago where he would still hit and he would still give the value because when he got on the ball, he was getting on the ball. But, you know, this is a situation where he had to control that and – you know, you can only work on so many things at once and st- stuff falls by the wayside. Ultimately, it just that part wasn't meant to be. The defensive side, I still contend he could have been decent had they gone about things right, you know? I mean, this is a guy who, you know, they got it right here on baseball reference. First baseman, third baseman. He's played significantly more first base. I'm surprised they even qualify at 36 total games over three seasons at third base. That was where he was drafted. He didn't move over to first until he was in the upper minors. And that's the same thing that happened with Chavis. Who wow, then, I uh, forgot about Chavis. Yeah. Yep. And he's certainly, he's turned himself into a very productive platoon first baseman in Pittsburgh at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's a perfect team for him, for, for like a guy like like him to to a go-to. You know what I mean? Long-term, he could definitely develop into being a everyday starter. But, you know, this is the perfect role for him to be in right now, and that's not something the Red Sox could offer him. But the defensive and offensive deficiencies in the major league level came because he was also learning new positions as he yeah. went. He had not played for much first, and he had never played second certainly not left before coming up to Boston. And those were all places that he's had featured at different points in time for this team. That's crazy. And then you did the same thing almost exactly with Bobby. You could give me the naivety of, oh, how was I to know that he wouldn't be able to have time at 
third base. Anyone who's been following the Red Sox for a long period of time knew that there were only a handful of guys that were untouchable in some of the major deals and major trades they made during the rebuild, stuff like the Chris Sale. The two guys, if I'm correct, the two guys that were untouchable in the Chris Sale trade were Andrew Benintendi and Rafael Devers among their prospects at that point. And we all, we all, we've all seen where those ended up working out. Long-term, it didn't work out with Benintendi for the Red Sox, but that is a very clear major leaguer. And what he showed in his first couple of years was definitely worth being on that untouchable level. And we can all agree that that would have been a massive mistake to let Rafael Devers go. So they already were, they were already clearly showing the interest in Rafi and knew that what they had there. So wouldn't you have diversified your assets a little bit more, even before he made his major league debut, if you knew and felt that strongly about a guy that you weren't willing to go get the best pitcher in the, one of the best pitchers in the game, certainly top five pitcher at the time, you know, you weren't willing to trade him to to get Chris Sale. Shouldn't you have already been making these plans a few years earlier, even before he made it to the majors? Yeah. No. It's lack of foresight. That killed him. Well, LJ, take us through, I believe, 19 through wherever. I went to 15. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and plug right through to 11. Cause okay. we're, Beautiful. I've now stuck us to a very limited time now. because Oh, no, we, we got time. We got time. Um, I've got the Diamondbacks at 19. The Red Sox move up to 18. The Giants fall to 17. The White Sox at 16. Then I got the Orioles at 15, the Twins at 14, the Blue Jays at 13, the Brewers at 12, and the Padres at 11. I actually I forgot one more Red Sox thought, and I was very excited to see this guy put it all together, and I was very excited to be there live. Brian Bayo has some nasty stuff. I don't know if you've gotten to see much of him, looked at him, but he clearly – I was a little – I was skeptical at first, but he clearly he clearly is worthy of being the top pitching prospect in this organization and I'm kind of, I'm really excited to see where things go because I think with this last start, you know, yes, he's going to have his ups and downs, but a bad 26 innings isn't unheard of for a good pitcher to start his career. I think he's found it and he's going to be turning him corner and making a lot of people really happy sooner rather than later i'll take you 15 through 11 twins at 15 they stay the same brewers at 14 i flip the guardians and orioles guardians now at 13 orioles at 12 the phillies come in at number 11 this one i want to spend a little time on my biggest drop they go from seven to 11 and you know it's it's interesting lj they i believe as of right now they have the final and a wild card spot um but this west coast trip they just went on um they lost two games to the diamondbacks by a combined score of 25 to 10 okay but then they won 18 to 2 in the next games so you thought 
that it was going to carry over into San Francisco, a team that they should definitely just be handling at this point in the season. Phillies get swept, outscored 23 to 8, 1 and 6 their last seven games, all against sub 500 teams. Now they get to play the Marlins and the Nationals next. I mean, I hope they can turn it around. Bryce Harper's back. I just, I, I had to drop them. You can't go out west and play these non-playoff teams at this point in the season in the middle of a playoff race and just not, and just fall flat. It's, it's you know, you just can't. Philly's going to Philly, Brandon. Phillies are going to Philly. To be fair, I, I kind of want to see them make the playoffs. It'd be cool. I do as well. I think, you know, there's so much to like about this group. I, you know, as a personal Bryce Harper fan, Kyle from Waltham fan, it's, it's a good group of guys. I just, it amazes me how inconsistent they can play time and time again. Luckily, you know, at this point, the reason I, I fully bought in on the Phillies, even with all their inconsistencies, which, you know, I hate streaky teams. If I've shown anything this year, when a team is just up and down and up and down like this, I won't go near them. But for some reason, something about this roster and the general vibe around the other teams, I feel more comfortable with them playing competent enough down the final stretch than I do both San Diego and Milwaukee doing the same thing. Like, that's the thing. They're already in a good position. They're two games ahead of the Brewers. And I'm not saying they couldn't, they could definitely miss the playoffs, but I just feel very pessimistic that both San Diego and Milwaukee will be able to turn it on in September. One of them definitely, but like Philly will probably end up being the final wild card team. But yeah, that's just the way I look at it. All right. Well, top 10. I'm going to go 10 through 6. Padres drop from 9 to 10. Blue Jays go from 11 to 9. Mariners from 10 to 8. The Yankees come in at number 7. They drop two spots from last week. I move up the Rays from 8 to 6. Couple notes on the Yankees. Um, this downfall continues, which is I mean, we limped into the all-star break, and since then there's not been a single good stretch of um of play. Um you called up Oswald Peraza, and you know, instead of just ripping the band-aid off and saying, IKF, you're playing third base, you want a gold glove there. Josh Donaldson's bat is terrible as of late. You can play third base. No. LJ, we took more bandages, and just kept putting them everywhere. We're going to play IKF at short. And Oswald Peraza, who is a defensive first shortstop, defensive first prospect, we're going to play him at second base, LJ. He's played 10 games in the minors at second base in his life. He's played 10 games. You have a guy who won a gold glove at a different position, which is mightily struggling right now. And people know how much I dislike IKF's bat. 
I would rather have him hitting than Josh Donaldson because I know that IKF will make contact, not tell the pitcher to throw him more fastballs, and then literally get them and swing and miss at every single one. Josh Donaldson, as of late, the at-bats have been atrocious to watch. Absolutely terrible. Judge is our only offense. And you're sitting here, and you're like, what are the Yankees doing? Because you call up these guys. You call up Oswaldo Cabrera. You call up Oswald Peraza. And you're not even playing them. I don't want to hear no more about the front office saying that we have certain things that we have to address with the team because then they do address them and they don't play the guys. It's ridiculous at this point. And to look at this team and to tell me right now that they're going to fare well in a playoff series is a joke because Aaron Judge against the Rays scored all three runs that we had in that series this weekend. All three runs were Aaron Judge, and we and we took one game in that series somehow because this dude, LJ, what Aaron Judge is doing, not only does he have the home run chase, which is a lot of added pressure, but he also has the pressure of literally being the only guy on his team for the past two weeks that can hit the ball. Because Giancarlo Stanton, I mean, this is it's just crazy. I I know I know he's hot and cold, but this has been bad as of late. I don't know, LJ. I, I don't know what we're doing. You got now, even worse, we have the front office members are like speaking to the public about all this like stuff, all this uh, saying that. There's no there's no reason why we would ever go over the lugs or why we would ever shoot up our payroll because according to them, LJ, we didn't make any revenue the last two years. The New York Yankees, what's a TV deal? What's a TV deal? You don't get money from that. You don't get money from that. We didn't make any money because of COVID. The fact that they're trying to use that when our good friend Aiden said it last night during our draft, that... The fact you're trying to use that to justify not signing like Corey Seager or one of the good shortstops this offseason, when the Rangers literally paid all that money to make to Corey Seager to make sure IKF was not their starting shortstop. I just you have Can I take it a, another example further and then you can to continue? Uh, yeah. Because there's an even worse one. You have the team that was so worried about their cash roll after the pandemic during the pandemic that they were willing to gut a in their prime proven championship core they've already gone out and made big purchases the same team that was scrapped for cash two years ago the chicago cubs already paid big money to marcus stroman whether it was worth it or not it is irrelevant if they're willing to spend the money the same team, the team that I think we can both agree was the most afraid of pandemic effects financially and most vocal about it. If they're already spending money, then the Yankees should have no worries. It's 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 ridiculous. And I I had to move them to seventh. I the after what the Rays did to us this weekend, I mean, they dismantled this offense. There wasn't a, there was no competitive at bats this 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 weekend. It's it's unbelievable what this team 
has turned into. Um, first team to 70 wins in the MLB, and we only have 81 right now. And the Dodgers have 92. So just think about that. We were first to 70, and now we only have 81. It's one of the biggest collapses I've seen in a long time. It's reminded me of what the Red Sox did back in 1978. I would really hope the Yankees don't do anything to that proportion. But but the I, fact that, like, let's back up, though, because the fact that it's in play, and, it, I, and I applaud you for not mentioning 2011. No, I couldn't bring up 2011. 78's the best one because the Yanks won that year. <laughs> the fact that this is in play is ridiculous because it's mostly by their own doing. Like, this isn't just the team falling apart. It's, like, it, it's all on the organization. It's it's literally all on the organization who put together this team. They know what they were putting together. They Cashman knows what he has here. And like I'd and I'd say honestly, this is a comparison we haven't made before. What happened with the 2011 Red Sox is very similar to what happened with the 2021 Padres. Not going to say that they both blew it, but the cause of why the Padres missed the playoffs and the Red Sox blew the division, both were sour clubhouses. The whole thing went toxic. That's something that just happens. You know, you're going to have breaks not go your way and all of a sudden chemistry just flies out the window. That's not something the team can control. The reasons the Yankees have dropped all these games are all, all things the team could have controlled. It's, it's all the offense. Like, I have nothing bad to say about the pitching staff, and that's usually what it comes down to. But, look, we are under a time crunch. I have nothing more to say about the Yankees. Seven is a good spot for them. Raise I do have more, I have more to say about the Yankees because oh I, I just want to remind us all that Frankie Montas does exist, and he is on this Yankees team. He pitched – you know, LJ, you say that. He actually pitched good the other day. I was able to watch a lot of his start against Tampa. I, I thought he looked – I, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, I don't know. I'm just every time I see him uh, at this point, I look at small market boy. I either say small market boy or I say not Luis Castillo, and that's something that's going to sting. That's something that I know the um, local media has been getting on about, and that's all. That's unfortunately, you know, his time in New York's never going to get easy because if they don't win this year, that's all he's ever going to be linked as. Um, LJ, did you give 10 through six? Um, I did not. Um, you want me to go straight through? Go straight through. All right. Starting at 10, I got the Philadelphia Phillies, the Guardians at nine, the Rays at eight. Brandon talked me, was made such a compelling case here. Yankees at seven. They moved down mid-show. Mariners at six. Cardinals. I talked you through the incompetence of the team with all... It's the Oswald Peraza thing playing at second. That's that's what really gets me is is just putting him at a foreign position in the majors. It's it's honestly, you know, that was what got me because it goes hand in hand with us literally just talking about how the Red Sox tanked the careers of Michael Chavis and Bobby Dahlbeck by doing the exact same thing. You have Mariners six though. I, I have Mariners what? I said, I said, I like that. I like it. I like it as well. Cardinals at five, Braves at four, Astros at three, 
Dodgers at two, Mets at one. You knew it was going to happen. It is, what is that? The, uh, not transversal law. Um, the thing from, you know what I'm talking about, right? No. You used to play around with that site all the time for college basketball. Um, Oh, like where it's like, oh, this team beat this team who beat this team who beat this team. So they're technically better. Yeah, except this is a one branch one. They have clearly beaten the Dodgers this year. They went out to L.A. and they took it. They came home and they took it. That's what matters here. They've gotten the job done. They are, again, beat them in a seven game series. I, I dare you. I don't care how they've played against bad competition. The other team I want to talk about in the top 10 is the Guardians. I keep the Guardians in the top 10 because I think they are that good. They are far from playing it right now, and it's kind of brutal to watch. I'm watching with my finger, like, in between my fingers. They're just slowly – it's so bad. They're just slowly collapsing, and they, they even let the White Sox get back in this race, LJ. I mean, it's – I don't think either of the other teams feel seriously in the conversation. I mean, even – It's two games. It's, I know, it's, but – what it's like two it's two games in the loss column two games back like this is a legit like in one weekend the whole standings could be flipped upside down i know but at the same time can you see them actually doing it who knows man um i mean my top 10 padres blue jays mariners yankees rays went through that top 5 we go cardinals who move up a spot mets at four who moved down a spot i mean look the week started with a lot of promise like lj said two out of three from the dodgers the live performance from uh timmy trumpet then they dropped two out of three to the nationals and now the mets um this does not count have let the braves just absolutely get back into this lj so even if the mets lose the nl east you're still gonna have them number one even if they lose i don't think i can have them number one i can't have them ahead of uh, the winner of the division no i that's why you know i put atlanta at three because atlanta has not slowed down they don't lose games to the nationals like the mets just did um at the same time you are putting the division leader below a chaser I'm fine with that. I'll take the team with a plus 34 better run differential. I'll take the team with a more complete rotation. I'll take the team that is getting hot at the right time. DeGrom. Is that Braves your argument? Three. It's the only argument I need, Sean. <laughs> Braves three, uh, Astros two, Lance McCullers, LJ. One that's, well, that's the guy I want to talk about. He came back for the Astros a couple weeks ago, and he's been dealing. So just another – I just – it just feels like the Astros out of the AL is so inevitable at this point that I, I – I, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I don't see myself picking against the Astros in the AL. I just don't. I, yeah. I really can't see my I, – I don't see another another way. And Dodgers won, who everyone knows I've been rocking with since – like week one of the season. Um, LJ, how about Giants number one in your rankings week one? Look, can you really blame me? No, but... uh, What was week one again? 
It was week one. Well, um, it would have been Monday. Did we do it Monday the 11th? Yeah, we we uh, did it after the first weekend series. That's why you had like the A's at 12. Yeah, honestly, and I stand by my I stand by the way I went because yeah, no, it made sense. Yours, yours mine has mine has also had much less fluctuation. I think than yours has to an extent, like on a week by week basis, absolutely. I because I do very minor changes in mine, but it, a lot of teams move on a week to week basis. Yeah, look, this is about who the best team is and what they have shown. And I stand, by, I stand by. Death taxes, Brandon liking the Dodgers, LJ liking the Mets. We couldn't have done it Monday the eleventh. No. The Giants are two and two. You might have just still had them there. I don't know. Interesting. Oh, Tommy Pham home run. There you go. Um. Yeah, I have nothing else. Dodgers are are just. I'm backing them now. Yeah, no, we did it the eighteenth. They're seven and two. Um, okay, there we go. Either way, yeah, I think that's that's about all I have as well. All right, thanks for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, MLB Daily Pod. Just finishing this three minutes before LJ's got his draft. Good luck, buddy. Um, we'll see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone.